Next, starting school is a huge milestone for any child. A new place, new rules, new routines, new people and new language. Wellington speech and language therapist Christian Wright says there are language skills that are important for new entrants to help them make a successful start at school. He's with me now. Morena Christian. Morena, how are you? Well, thank you. Such a huge transition for any child and their parents, of course. And this, I imagine, mm. is whether the child's been in full-time preschool or creche or kindy or at home with the parent or caregiver. It is a massive step for them. Mm, it absolutely is. And um, I, th- I think what we've seen, certainly in my time as a speech therapist, I've been doing this job for coming up 22 years um, and still many children starting school with low oral language skills. Um, their language ability, their ability to express themselves and to understand what's going on in the classroom being significantly lower than we would expect, particularly in the lower decile um, schools, the lower socioeconomic areas. Um, one of the things that's been really interesting, I was just looking over some of the research um, and in 2020, the University of Canterbury were looking at this. They sampled about 250 children in some low decile schools and found over 60% of the new entrants were struggling with spoken language and about 16% of those children, they couldn't even pronounce properly the words that they did have. And, I mean, anecdotally, I've certainly seen it. Uh, I used to work in Porirua, um as a speech therapist in the schools out there and in the early childhood centres, but particularly by the time these children were reaching the new entrance classroom, significant difficulties with limited grammatical development, their sentence lengths were shorter than they should have been, very limited vocabulary development. Many of the teachers would be sharing with me these children were turning up and not knowing colours, shapes, unfamiliar with books in some cases. and very limited comprehension. So as a consequence, having great difficulty following the classroom instructions, constantly looking quite bewildered, some of them anxious, um, some behaviour difficulties emerging because they were so frustrated by not really understanding what's going on in the classroom. Um, And I certainly saw that, as I say myself. Um, I remember one visit I did to one school. I went in to see the child I was there for and um, I was watching him on the mat and a little girl decided to get up off the mat and come over to me to say hello and that does happen sometimes and um, I knelt down and she came up put her arm around me and said very loudly to the class this my sister and she wasn't identified as being for me there to to see but I just thought wow so there's a level already and my client was even lower than that level but certainly many of the children didn't have the language skills to be able to engage and access a lot of the learning that was on offer. Oh, that's heartbreaking in itself, Christian. What, and this is going to be a bit hard, I think, because children develop at different rates. But in, in theory, what sort of language skills, the minimum kind of language skills, would you expect a new entrant, a five-year-old, to have? Yeah, good question. When I think about that, I break it up into areas. So there's the spoken language ability, their comprehension, their foundational literacy skills and their social skills. So there's these four kind of areas I'm thinking about when I work with children. Uh, I'm thinking about their, uh, well, to put this into context, these and these language skills, these four areas are so important to that successful school start because One way I think about it is that a child's language proficiency drives their learning ability. That's something I've observed many times. Um, 
their language ability enables social connection with other children and it's the doorway to a strong start in their literacy development. So if we looked at spoken language ability, what are the basics? Well, they need a broad vocabulary to start with. And um, many children starting school, their spoken vocabulary, not that you're going to count this, but it usually is in the range of 2,000 to 2,500 spoken words. Um, so that's words that they know and can use themselves. I mean, that's huge. And some of these children that I have had experience and certainly in the research show can have half of that. So um, they're already starting so far behind with what they are able to even label. Um, and in many cases, your well, your comprehension precedes your expression, but certainly many children who don't express with their vocabulary um, the words that we're expecting them to say. Many times they don't they, they equally don't understand it as well. They have an underlying comprehension deficit. Many of these children, I would expect children starting school to be able to retell a simple story or an event like what they did in the weekend. Um, I'm expecting them to be able to ask questions to gather information or that they can produce grammatically um, a more complex sentence type that is a sentence that has um, joining words in it that joins their ideas together, words like and and because. So um, in the weekend, I went to the shops and I bought an ice cream because it was my brother's birthday. So that's getting into the realm of being what they consider a more complex sentence type. Um, in terms of understanding, a baseline here would be that these children can follow two and three step instructions because many times in the classroom, teachers are asking two step instructions. So uh, I want you to go and get your books and then come to the mat. So some of these children are struggling not only because they don't understand in terms of their language comprehension, but many of them also have undiagnosed issues with their working memory. So they have trouble um, decoding the oral language that's coming to them, let alone hanging on to it in their working memory. Um, these children often are in the situation where they're, as we've already talked about, vocabulary, just common vocab. Do they know body parts, clothing, um, everyday objects, vehicles, animals, food? The kinds of things that your early childhood experiences have developed for you an understanding of the world in which you have labels for things and you understand verbs and you've developed some comprehension of, of adjectives. Um, so these, these categories of language that children have expanded through lived experience. Equally, these children are uh, usually, we need children to be able to respond to question words that when they're asked what, where, who, um, they've got answers for these things that they understand that what is about objects and where is location, who is people, understanding and answering why questions. So when someone asks you why, you know you're supposed to start with because and give a reason. Um, so these are the kinds of question words that we would hope these kids can, when teachers ask them, have got an answer for. And then um, slightly more complex things, inferencing. Um, so that's where children make meaning based on what they're looking at and the clues they're collecting. So 
looking at uh, a picture, for example, seeing certain things in the picture that start to give them a sense of what is it, what is it that um, is what, what's going on in this picture that they start to form a network of understanding in their mind that they can then talk to when the teacher asks them questions about the picture and that they're able to predict what might happen next as a result of the way they're putting the clues together. And then lastly, in that understanding, other words like time words, they're really important, like today, yesterday, tomorrow, later, soon, first, last. Um, and then as those teachers in Porirua were sharing with me, having an understanding of colour, shape, size, so those basic attributes. So across speaking and understanding, if we just start in those two categories, um, and I realise for people, um, parents listening, you won't remember everything I've just said, but it's more about that your child is basically able to articulate their wants, their needs, their interests, um, that they can talk about their feelings, that when you're talking with them, it feels as though they can have a back and forth conversation with you, that you don't get those blank stares, those moments where you ask a given instruction that's quite routine at home and the child does one step in the instruction or keeps saying what, or for example, gets the um, order of the instruction completely mixed up and goes and does the, the second thing and then forgets what the first thing or does something irrelevant. Um, so we're looking for some of those signs there with children when they're starting. So this is an important um, text I wanted to share with you and the listeners actually, Christian, for those who are out there assuming that this is always an issue of, of poor parenting. So this listener says, I have a five-year, eight-month-old daughter. Her speech can be difficult to understand and I notice she has an unusual way of talking. Some examples are, IR is going there, or are we air at? Are we there yet? Um, I not knocked over it. We don't correct her, rather, we repeat what she said back in the right order. Like, oh, that's right, I didn't see you knock it over. And we read to her. She's attempting to read herself. She's creative and energetic little girl. It's very hard because she can get frustrated. And also, strangers do struggle to understand. Is there anything else we can do to help her? Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like she has some underlying grammatical issues there. So, um, yep, absolutely. I work on that stuff myself all the time, as do many speech therapists around the country. So the first thing I would recommend that that um, listener do is get in touch with a local speech therapist, given the child's age and without knowing much more than just those grammatical examples there, you'd probably need to um, consider starting private because the um, Ministry of Education are funded to work with the severest needs of communication difficulties in schools. And that might be that at the age of five years, eight months, those needs are not deemed to be um, severe enough. So, and that's understandable. So they might need to seek the help of a private therapist. Um, it's, it's great what she's doing already. Just re, We call it recasting. That means saying back to the child the correct grammatical form. But I find many parents, they feel like they're a broken record and they're saying it over and over and over and it's just not making a difference. And I'm imagining that parent right now nodding their head because if it was going to make a difference, they wouldn't have written um, to us to ask the question. So sometimes something extra is required. We need to help bring the child's attention to this difficulty in a different way. So just doing it orally through their ears hasn't really translated to a win just yet. So I'll often go for a visual um, methodology because I need the child to see the problem. And if, if you're five years, eight months, it's highly likely you're well down, you're well on your literacy journey. And as much as possible, I try and use 
written words or icons to show the child. So let's take an example. I not knocked over it. I think that's what it was. Um, so there's an issue here with how this child's expressing the negative. So I think essentially what they're trying to say is I didn't knock it over. So we've got two problems here, a word order error uh, with over it, it over. We need to swap that around. Um, so there's possibly some issues here with how the child is thinking and sequencing language. And we would want to show these words and move words around in front of the child. Um, we would also be raising the child's awareness. So I would pick up on a pattern like the negative and how we use, how do we use didn't? Um, I didn't like it instead of I not like it. So we introduce this idea of didn't as a sound and as a word, we show it and then we start playing around with um, constructing sentences and having the child move the word into the sentence, read it back, um, have the child identify sentences where the negative is incorrectly placed and so the child has to swap it out. So you're trying to get them to engage with this learning visually and in a tactile way, very repetitively, connecting it to their everyday life, picking on um, structures or sentences that this child would likely use in their everyday life so that the practice overlaps with a functional expression um, in their daily world. Christian, I think we need a whole uh, new conversation in the future, if you would, because we're getting lots of uh, questions from people asking about bilingual kids uh, in yeah. Tereo and English, but also Japanese and English, for example, uh, and where mm -hmm. you know children whose home language is, is not English. Uh, so perhaps mm. that's something that we could look at in future uh, on Nine to Noon, because I think it's a really important um, topic for conversation. But I thank you for that. Uh, talking to Christian Wright Wellington, speech and language therapist, and thank you for all your feedback too. Really appreciate it.